Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. We've been talking now for, this is actually the fifth week we've been talking about, consider his ways, and his is God. Consider God's ways. And we've been talking about different facets of God's ways, and I believe we've learned uh, a lot in his ways that give us access to his promises and his blessings and how to you know, access our, our prayers to be answered. And it's just so many wonderful things. And what we want to do today, as we're considering his ways, um, I want to launch out to considering his ways. And there's so much to talk about. We don't have time to get into everything that the Bible says about it. But we can definitely start it by talking about extreme joyfulness. And you go, oh, that, that don't sound really all that exciting, does it? <laughs> well, if you knew what the Bible says about joy, it's exciting. It's dynamic. It's powerful. It's miraculous. Genuinely, it really, really is. So we want to talk about considering his ways. Um, because once you, you learn God's ways and you can access his promises and his blessings, it doesn't only impact you, but it impacts the people who's in your sphere of influence as well. So anyhow, um, I'd like to, could you read that? Uh-huh. Okay. I was waiting to see my doctor in June when an older couple arrived. Now, it said they're waiting to see the doctor in June, not December, Okay. Says June. I just want you to see. I was that. waiting to see my doctor in June when an older couple arrived. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! The gentleman said to everyone in the waiting room. His enthusiasm was infectious. Most of the patients ignored the outburst, but I decided to respond. Merry Christmas to you too. Sensing a sympathetic ear, the wife quietly said, "It started this past year." For no reason, my husband would get the Christmas spirit. At first, we dismissed it, but then we realized how much joy it brought him. So we started decorating the house, singing carols, having a spur-of-the-moment celebration. You know, after doing this a number of times, we look forward to it. Christmas can come anytime, any place. It's always a pleasant surprise. Is, is Christmas a very positive time for you? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a song that says, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. It is a wonderful time of the year that we celebrate the Savior has come. And it challenges us to open our heart and receive Him into our lives. And some people get kind of carried away, but you know what? Unknown to us about this and it's not because we were trying to spread the Christmas cheer further, but dear, you know, we haven't taken down our Christmas tree yet. No, we have not. It's still there. Lights on every day. It's, it just brightens the room. I like it's it. It's pretty. Yeah. It is. I just need to figure out a way to leave the lights and take care I, of the I tree. I think I can use it 
and Easter. Yeah. So if you just leave it up until Easter, I think I can. It's use very it. dry. We haven't been watering it, so don't think, oh, it's really nice and it's not. It's no, but the little crispy things that normally fall off didn't fall off. They're not falling off. It's not a naked tree. It's, no, it's not. Yeah. So. Anyhow, I'm so still enjoying it. It's okay to celebrate Christ coming to this earth, even if it's not in December. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, it, I, and I was challenged when I was seeing this guy, just everywhere he go, who was so excited about Christmas. You know, he was wishing everybody Merry Christmas and, and so forth. So we would like to challenge you, whether it's in the timing of the rest of the world or not, let's consider God's ways. Consider his ways. And we consider his ways by getting familiar with his book. You know, and then applying the things that we're learning, because I'll tell you, joy, when you understand joy and how it relates to your life, you can access the miraculous in your own life and in the life of those who are in your sphere of influence. So we've talked about this over the last few years, you know, talked about joy and so forth. And it's so relevant and so important, you know, to to building unshakable faith. I wanted to launch out into this area and and talk about this particular topic as if and we were talking about it for the very first time. And we need to look at the principles of God that way. We, we, we genuinely do. Now, here's a question for you. And think about the question. Do you have joy? Yes. I'm, I'm not asking, are you happy? But I'm asking, do you have joy? And, and then I'm asking, are you joyful? And you know what joyful means, right? Full of joy. Full of joy. But we'll go into more details as you see how this particular topic dynamically impacts every area of our life. Genuinely does, you know. And I'm not talking about that, you know... Um, effervescence-like substance that comes from your favorite, you know, soft drink. It bubbles and it fizzes for a while and then it soon's gone and it leaves your soft drink um, flat. Yeah, flat. That, that's not the joy I'm talking about. There's the joy of the Lord, the joy that comes from Almighty God and His Word and there's something that other people think is joy, but it's not joy at all. Happiness has nothing to do with joy. Really, it really, 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 really doesn't, you know? So, is, is real biblical joy in your life? I'm not talking about are you happy. That's not what we're talking about at all. You know, because happiness is a feeling. You know, something, you know, happens and you're happy. Some bad happens and you're unhappy. You know, happiness is based upon happenstance. You know, but joy is an attitude. Joy is a decision and it is an attitude. It's a, it's a posture, it's a position, it's a place. And you think about this. But let's see what it says here in uh, Psalms chapter 34, verse 5. Those and, and, and when it says those, those that you read about in the Bible, you read about there in Psalms 34 and all, 
But this can be talking about us. Mm-hmm. And you need to take everything that's in the Bible and you need to connect it to your own self, to your own life, if it's at all possible to do so. And he says, those... Who look to him. Look to him. Now, for quite a few years now, when I talk to God, I address him as Papa. You know, Papa God. And, and because there's a closer relationship between me and God now than there was many years ago. And I'm getting to know him better and better and better and better all the time. And we all can. It just based, it's based on the fact that if you spend time with him, you get to know him better. And we're available to him more so and so forth. Uh, but it says here, those who look to him for help. For those who look to him. Do you ever look to God for help? Always. Yeah. So when you look to God for help, are you basically, oh, help, oh, help. Is that where you approach God? Mm-mm. Not always. <laughs> it's not the best way. No. It's not the best way. Well, let's, let's read the rest of this. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. Those who look to God for help will be radiant. And radiant is talking about healthy, glowing and beaming. You'll be radiant. Are you radiant with joy when you approach God to help you? Or is it more of a desperation? When you think about it, uh, he, he, he's going to tell us some things that are very, very powerful. Let's, let's continue here. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame. No shadows. Will, radiant. No shadow of shame will, will darken their faith, but radiant with joy. I cried out to the Lord in my suffering, and he heard me. I cried to him in my suffering. But I cried to him with this radiant joy, and, and he heard me. He set me free from all my fears. And what percentage is all? 100%. And what is it that you fear? There's, there's thousands of things you can be afraid of in this world we live right now. You know, personal things and financial things, relational, health, you know, political. I mean, there's so many things that we can become very um, fearful about, anxious about, is I cried unto the Lord in my suffering, and he heard me, and he set me free from 100% of my fears. All. He set me free from all my fears. When you approach him in the, the right way, he sets us free so we don't have this continuous, ongoing anxiety and fear, worry, you know, unbelief. That's no longer there. I cried unto the Lord in my suffering and he heard me and he set me free from all my fears. For the angel of the Lord guards all who fear him. He guards what percent? All, 100%. The angels of the Lord guard all who fear. And this is talking about not being scared. This is talking about a reverential worship for respect. To the Almighty God, he, He's saying, and we we pray this for our family. We pray this for you every time we pray. You know that may the angels of Almighty God surround you and protect you, 
and deliver you from anything that's harmful or danger or that would frighten you. You know, is that, is that right? Mm-hmm. And he says here, for the angel of the Lord guards, he guards all, 100% of who fear him and he rescues them from whatever it is that might, would frighten you. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who trust in him. The joys of those who trust in him. The joys, this radiant joy for those who put their trust in the almighty God. You know, there was a Hindu uh, trader in India and he wants to ask a missionary. He says, what do you put on your face to make it shine? And with surprise, the man of God answered, I don't put anything on it. And his questioner questioner there, he he began to lose patience and he said emphatically, yes you do. All of you who believe in this Jesus seem to have it. I've seen it in the towns and he listed a bunch of towns. I've even seen it in Bombay and suddenly the Christian understood and his face glowed even more as he said. Now I know what you mean. And I will tell you the secret. It's not something that we put on from the outside, but it's something that comes from within. You know, it's the reflection of the light of God in our hearts. Now, have you ever seen the reflection of the light of God in someone's heart? Yes. Well, when you go to the Almighty God with this radiant joy, I think it could be seen, you know. This radiant joy that I'm talking about, you know. And are other people who are in our sphere of influence, do, do well, they ask the same thing? What, what do you use on your face, you know? And hopefully they're not talking about because I don't want to ever use it because it's ugly looking, you know. Hopefully they're talking about it's like we see something in you we don't see everywhere. There's this joyfulness, this radiant joy. It glows. You 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 look healthy and you're beaming and and and. But it does not come by application from the outside. It comes because of who is on the inside. Now, we sang this song quite a few times, you know, just to give the folks the the words, but it goes, I will praise the Lord at all That's the wrong song. That's a good one, but that's not this one. (laughs) You you don't know that I might be going to change one of them here. (laughs) Okay, we'll sing that one. No, I'm going to do it your way. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. No matter what tomorrow brings or what it has in store, I will praise the Lord. Now you think about it for a moment. Hmm. When I'm joyful, when you're joyful, we will praise the Lord. When we're joyful, when you're full of joy, you will 
praise the Lord. No matter what tomorrow brings, no matter how cold the temperature is, no, no matter what's going on in the political arena, I mean, we know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And no matter what tomorrow brings, no, no matter what it has in store, we're going to praise him. And, and God says he inhabits the praises of his people. Doesn't he? Yes. He certainly says that. And as we praise him, he inhabits, he, he abides within us. And it changes things on the inside of us. And so when, when we are joyful, we will praise him. We will not complain and moan and groan and bellyache, you know, when, when we have this joy that just fills us up and we begin to overflow. Now, there was this guy named Paul and Silas. And you can read about him in the New Testament. And Paul and Silas were unashamed of Jesus and they were joyful. They were joyful because they had been forgiven of their sins. They had been challenged to come alongside and be in harmony with Christ. And anyhow, they were sharing the gospel once upon a time. And the officials came and they, they beat them terribly. And they told them not to preach this gospel anymore. And then they took him to the prison. And when they took him to the prison, they told the prisoner, uh, the prison guard, he says, these men are very important and we don't want them to escape. So you put them in your most secure place. And so the prison guard, he took them in the first floor, but then they went down into a dungeon. And in their dungeon, it was dark. There was no windows or anything. It was very dark. It was full of Human feces, it, it was, it was a, a horrible, uh, you know, dark place. And they had these stocks made out of these big old boards that they would lay it flat on the floor and cut some grooves out and then put their ankles in, in there. And then they would lock another board over top of it and it would chain it down. So both of their feet were attached in these stocks. And here they are sitting on, you know, human feces. They never cleaned the place. And there was no wall behind them. They just had to lean back on their arms to hold themselves up as best as they could. And there were rats running around the place and all. And so here's Paul and Silas. They've been preaching the gospel because Jesus told them to. And they got beaten and their, their backs are just all bloody and, and they're getting dried out and crusty now. And they've been in there for some long time. And it's getting darker and darker and later in the nighttime. And the Bible tells us it's around 12 o'clock at night. And uh, here's Paul and Silas. And they do what they always do because they are genuinely joyful. They begin to sing. And I venture they probably sang something like, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. No matter what tomorrow brings or what it has in store, I will praise the Lord. And they begin to praise Almighty God and they begin to sing through the darkness. But there's whole bunches of other prisoners in prison cells and they got, you know, metal bars and they got chains and all. And who knows, some of them might, might have been saying, hey, shut up, I'm trying to sleep. But the other one's like, well, this is something different. We don't normally have this. And they listen. And some of them might even begin to try to sing along with them. And Paul and Silas just continued. They, they were joyful. And the joy was 
you know, coming out of them, out of their mouth. And as they were singing and singing and singing, there began to be a, an earthquake. An earthquake began to shake the prison and the floors and the walls begin to shake. So I sing. Who's singing? Well, I figure, well, we'll sing along. I don't want them to sing in an earthquake campus or nothing <laughs> like that. But what happened is, is the prison began to fall apart. The prison doors popped off of every cell and the cha- chains were breaking. You know, and every captive in that prison was set free. And, and the stocks that was down there on the floor, those boards broke and the chains broke. And every one of them was set free. And the, the guy who ran the prison, he had guards to help him. He lived in a little house right close there to the prison. And he heard the earthquake and he grabbed the light and he ran over to the prison. And he saw all the devastation and all the prison doors were open the chains were broke and he pulled his sword and was getting ready to take his own life because the way things ran in prisons if a prisoner escaped the the prisoner guard he would have to serve that prisoner's time or if it was a hanging he had to be hanged for him and so he saw all these prisoners their cells were open and he knew, uh, he, you know, he better just take his life. That was his perspective. And Paul said, hey, buddy, we're all here. Nobody's left. And then the, the, the prison keeper, he looked and he ran over to Paul. And the first thing that came out of his mouth after he hit his knees, first thing he said was, What must I do to be saved? That's the first thing he said. What must I do? He knows why Paul and Silas were put in prison for preaching the gospel. And and he understood that. And all the men were still there, so his life was no longer threatened. And then he took Paul and Silas over to his home. It was right next door there. Took them over to his home. And he and his wife washed all their stripes and where they were bleeding and washed them and and bandaged them and took care of them and fixed them a wonderful meal. And then the jail keeper there and his wife and all his kids, they got saved that night. That very night, they accepted Christ as their Savior. There was a transformation that took place because Paul and Silas were joyful. I mean, a... An earthquake that was not destructive as far as human life was concerned, but this earthquake set people free. And, and then in the conversation, in Paul and Silas with the, the jailkeeper there, it's just like we're telling them they were Roman citizens. And it's like, you're Roman citizens? You cannot put a Roman citizen in prison without a, a fair trial. You know, you, you can't beat them without that. And all these other things. And the, the guard sent word to the officials of the town and said, these are Roman citizens. And, and, and all the officials in town sent word back and said, tell them they're free to go. 
And then Paul and Silas said, no, we don't want to go. You put us in prison in broad daylight before hundreds and hundreds of people. And you want us to sneak out here in the night or the early morning? He says, no, thank you. We require all the officials to come here and escort us out personally. And that's exactly what happened. The next morning, the officials who had him put in there, they came and they escorted them to the edge of town and said, would y'all, y'all please leave? Would you, would you please leave? <laughs> have, a, have a good trip, you know? They were set free. And they were escorted by the officials of the town to the, the boundary, you know? This is something that genuinely actually happened because they were joy. These guys, and and you know what? When something goes on on the inside, it usually shows up on the outside. You ever make hot chocolate Mm -hmm. or a cup of tea? You ever take a pot of water and you put it on your stove? And you got something to do, so you put it on your stove and you go and get what you need to go, but what reminds you to come back? Whistle. What's going on on the inside shows up on the outside. And the Bible says out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth will speak. What's in your heart is going to come out your mouth. That's just what's going to happen. And if you are joyful, there's going to be joy coming out of your mouth. That's just the way it is. In Psalms 31 verse 7, it says, I am overcome. I am overcome. I'm I'm overwhelmed, I'm flabbergasted, I'm astounded, I'm, I'm dazed, I'm amazed with joy. That's what he says, and that's what the word overcome means. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm overcome, I'm overwhelmed, I'm flabbergasted, astounded, I'm dazed, and I'm, I'm amazed with, with joy. I'm overcome with joy. Have you ever been overcome with joy? Well, I was a little joyful because I got something that I was really wanting. But that might have not been so much joy as it was happiness because it was something that had happened there. But he says, I am overcome with joy because of your unfailing love. Because of your unfailing love, I'm overcome with joy. Because of your unfailing love, I'm overcome with radiant joy because of your unfailing love. And I'm going to tell you something. God will never stop loving you. And he has demonstrated his love to us so many times when he's forgiven us. Has God ever answered a prayer for you? Yes. Well, there's ways that you can discover how to, you know, receive more of your prayers answered. He tells us right clearly in his word what we can do to facilitate all that. But he says here, I am overcome with joy because of your unfailing love. For you have seen my troubles. Do do you believe that God's seen your troubles? Yes. He has. You have seen my troubles and you care about me. You care about the anguish of my soul. You've seen my troubles and you care about me. And and that's the truth of it. And and that helps us to be joyful, radiant with, with joy. You have not handed me over to my enemy, but have set me in a safe place. You set me in a safe place. Uh, to be honest with you, that prison that Paul and Silas was in, 
It was pretty filthy, but it was a safe place. An earthquake hit it, and nobody got hurt. People going free, left and right, you know? He sets us in a safe place. God puts us in a safe place, and he surrounds us. We was reading about it with his angels, does he not? But he has set me in a safe place. In the uh, book of James, chapter 1. Dear verse, brothers and sisters. Now, who does it say? Dear brothers and sisters. Brothers and, and sisters. sisters. This is to all you guys here. This is to all you ladies here. This passage relates to all of us. So he says, dear brothers and sisters. When troubles of any kind. Of any kind. That's about a hundred percent of different kinds of trouble, isn't it? Yep. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles, plural, of any kind come your way. Well, what we would consider his ways. When troubles come, consider his ways. When trouble, consider God's ways. And you'll discover some amazing things. Consider it an opportunity for... To fuss and cuss. Nope. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, this just don't sound natural, does it? Nope. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity. I've got an opportunity for great joy. Radiant joy. Great joy, I have an opportunity along with these troubles. When you have a flat tire on the way home from church today, would you consider that an opportunity for great joy? Did, do we have the ushers to flatten everybody's sons? No. Okay. I'd never do that for real. But he says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I don't know if that's just in our natural, you know, Concept It's like, why would I do that? Why would Paul and Silas sing in the middle of the night in a filthy, dark, damp, painful place? See, they knew something that nobody else knew. It's a choice. It is a choice. It is a choice. Can I get you to uh, read that? This is an article that we had found. It says, I had a severe spinal injury. The pain was so excruciating that the hospital staff couldn't do an MRI until I was significantly sedated. The MRI showed significant damage at three major points in my spine. Because of the swelling of injured nerve bundles, the only way I could relieve the pain was to use a strong prescribed narcotic and to lie on bags of ice. Sleep, what little there was, came only by sitting in a reclining chair. Approximately 48 hours from the onset of the injury, doctors estimated that I had lost about 80% of the strength in my left arm. Three fingers on my left hand totally lost feeling. The slightest movements would send pain waves hurtling down my left side and shoulder. I had to step away completely from my work, which I love, and wear a neck brace 24 hours a day for five weeks. About halfway through that experience, I was sitting on the screened-in porch behind our home. The day was cold and blustery, but I needed a change of scenery. Suddenly, a bird landed on the railing and began to sing. 
on that cold, rainy day. I couldn't believe any creature had a reason to sing. I wanted to shoot that bird. And this is not me saying that either, okay? (laughs) But he continued to warble, and I had no choice but to listen. The next day, I was on the porch again. But this time, it was bright and sunny and warm. I was tempted to feel sorry for myself when suddenly the bird returned and he was singing again. Where was that shotgun? Then it hit me. The bird sang in the cold rain as well as in the sunny warmth. But his song was not altered by outward circumstances, but it was held constant by an internal condition. It was as though God quietly said to me, You've got the same choice, Bob. You will either let external circumstances mold your attitude or your attitude will rise above the external circumstances. You choose. You've got to make the choice. Mm-hmm. You make the choice. If you're going to sing like Paul and Silas in a prison, you're going to make a choice whether you have a flat tire or whether a bill got lost and you didn't pay it on time or something, you, you got to make your choice of how you're going to respond here. See this. Can, can, can we just do that one more yep. time? Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And remember, joy is an attitude. It's a posture. It's a position. It's a place. Joy is a choice. Happiness is a feeling that comes in and goes. It really does. In verse 3 in James 1, it says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Remember, happiness is a feeling and joy is an attitude. Feelings come and go. Attitudes come and grow. So let that joy, the attitude of gratitude, that joy, let it grow. Like Paul and Silas, it grew and it turned into an earthquake. A very positive earthquake that brought salvation to people, to many people. And there was a miracle that took place because of of that attitude of gratitude growing. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed... You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And see, joy is that deep, settled confidence that God is in control in every area of your life. That's what joy is. God is in control. In every area of my life, even if I'm in a prison in the middle of the night, or even if the temperature is minus six at your house, and and I know other people because I talked to some plumbers. It's like a lot of people had pipes to burst. And the people whose pipes didn't burst did not necessarily rejoice because of it. You know? But we can allow circumstances to dictate to us, but we can make a choice to rejoice. We, we genuinely can. Can we do that? In Psalm 37, verse 4, it says, Delight thyself. To delight yourself means to take pleasure in. To, to rejoice. To take joy in. To take pleasure in. Delight thyself. Also in the Lord. 
And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. That's pretty amazing. That, that's, a, that's a miraculous kind of a verse there. Delight. I mean, we came here this morning. We sang some songs. They were great. You know, we've been studying some scriptures. They've been very inspiring and building our, our faith. And we've been delighting ourselves in the Lord. That's why we came here together to worship God together, to study his word together. He says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You're not even having to ask for a particular prayer to be answered. Just take delight in the Lord. He'll give you your heart's desire. Is that what it says? Yep. Can you read one more time? Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. It's pretty amazing. Here in John 15, Jesus is talking. Let's see what he has to say. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. The husbandman is, he's the gardener. You know. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he prunes it. And you understand, if it's not producing fruit... He, he, he prunes it and he takes it away. He's going to really burn it. it, it it's not fruitful. It's no, not productive. But there's other times with the good branches that are there, you know, he, he prunes them a certain way so they'll become more productive. Let, let's, let's. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he prunes it. It may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. If ye abide in me... And this is Jesus talking. He says, if you... If, and he's talking about each and every one of us who are here. If you... Abide in me and my words. And my words, and that's what we've been studying this morning, is getting more of his word to abide in us. We've been singing some, some verses there, you know, and, and uh, we're putting together uh, several hundred scriptures to pass on so more of his word can abide in us. But he is saying here, if you, talking about you, he says, if you abide in me, you settle down and make your home with me, and my word abides in you, in your heart and in your mind. You shall ask what you will and it shall be done. You shall ask what you will. He didn't say, well, I'm going to give you a book and there's like 15 things you can choose from. You can ask for A, B, C. But he says, you can ask what you will and it shall, shall be done unto you. It, it shall, if you're abiding, if you're in a close relationship with me, my word is abiding in your, your heart and your, your, your mind. He says, you can ask whatever you want, and, and it's going to be done to you. That's what he, God said that. He said, you ask what you will. You say, oh, that's, that's kind of like a blank check. No, it's better than a blank check. You can get things by asking God that you can't get with a blank check. That's just the truth of it. So, if you abide in me, my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be Done unto you. Now let's kind of take just a moment here and digress. In John chapter 16, we were reading John 15. But let's listen to what John 16, 24 says. It says, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. And when you pray, 
you go to the Father. You don't pray to the Holy Spirit. The Bible is extremely clear. When you pray, you go to the Father. Father God, Papa God, but you go to the Father and you take Jesus' credit card. He says, you go to the Father in my name. Say, Father, I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. That's how we're all to pray. You know, this is just considering his ways. Jesus said, when you go to the Father, you pray to the Father and tell him I sent you. Go in my name. That's only if you want your prayers answered. Okay? So that's what he's saying right here. And he says, hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive. Is that what he said? Yes. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Is your joy full? He says, God's, Jesus said, I want your joy to be full. And your joy becomes full when you're praying for someone to get saved. And they get saved. And you're praying for a genuine need that you have in, in your life and your family. And you're praying and that prayer is answered. And he says, ask and receive so your joy may be full. God wants your joy to be full. He wouldn't be telling us just this nebulous nothing. You know, he says, you shall receive. Ask in the name of Jesus. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. God is glorified. He's honored. He's magnified when our prayers are answered. So when we ask the way he tells us to, and our prayers are answered, God is glorified. You want to glorify and magnify almighty God? <laughs> you know? And Paul and Silas glorified God. People were getting saved all around them. But they were asking. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things that we've read here in the book of John, these things, he says, I've spoken unto you. I've spoken these things to you, is, is what Jesus is saying. These things I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain, might abide. I've spoken these things, and, and you're learning my ways. These things I've spoken unto you that my joy might remain, abide in you, and that your joy might be full. full. And when your joy is full, it's going to overflow. Have the abundance of the heart. Your mouth's going to speak. You're going to overflow. He says your joy might be full, complete. Is is also what that means. Full and perfect and a full supply to level up a hollow, a low spot. Have you ever had a low spot in your yard? It almost tripped you when you stepped in that low spot and you needed to put some topsoil in there, maybe some new grass seed, you know, and all. Uh, we don't need those empty spots or those low spots in our life. 
It, it tells us here in Luke chapter 5, verse 5, and these are fishermen it's talking about. We've toiled all the night long and have taken nothing. We've taken nothing. Our boat is empty. There's a hollow spot in the boat. It should be full of fish. But there's no fish that's there. And I'd like to demonstrate that just a wee bit. What do you think is in those tins? Nothing. Nothing. They're hollow. They're empty. What's inside of you? Is, is there a hollow spot inside of you? Or are you empty? Or, or, or what's in there? Are, are, are we like the boats where they caught no fish? Are we, are we empty? Are, are, are we hollow? Think about it for just a moment. You know, joy, if you look it up in the original languages, it's, it's talking about cheerfulness. It's talking about delight. It's talking about gladness, you know. And I'm talking about an exceeding joyfulness, you know. And, and God never intended for us to be hollow. He wants there to be something on the inside of us. And out of the abundance of what's in our, our hearts and our, our minds, our mouth is going to speak, you know, what's on the inside of us here. Um, true joy, A.W. Tozer said, true joy cannot be artificially induced. You, you, you cannot artificially in, induce, you know, biblical joy. Now, you, you might can do that to happiness, but happiness is just a feeling that is very subject to change. C.S. Lewis said, I sometimes wonder whether pleasures are not a substitute for joy. Pleasures. Well, it feels good, so there must be joy, right? No. He went on to say, C.S. Lewis said, I sometimes wonder whether pleasures are not a substitute for joy, as sex is often a substitute for love. If, if people have sex, does that mean they really genuinely love each other? No. It can be absolutely 100% a selfish ordeal if you're not married and you're pursuing a person to get outside of uh, the obedience to God and following his ways and God wants to bless you. He created the relationship in a marriage relationship. That's what he did. And he promised to bless your socks off in that kind of a relationship. But lots of times people misunderstand and they think that, well, pleasure uh, must be joy. But it's not. It's more like a temporary happiness that comes and goes. And think about this, this joy, you know. The folks of the carnal world, they... They, they borrow all their joy from without. You know, external things. And it, it's false and it's short-lived. The, the true Christian is satisfied from within. Uh, dare, dare we try another song? A little piece of one? Sure. 
Well, it goes like this. I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down, well, down in, in my heart. heart. Did you say where? Down in my heart. I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. And there's a whole lot more to these verses of that. That's wonderful. But I've got the joy down in my heart. And, and that's where Jesus abides. You know, that's what he's talking about. Now, Sidney Harris once wrote, The most miserable people I have known have not been those who suffered from catastrophes, which they could blame on fate or accidents, but the most miserable people are those that have had everything they wanted except the power to enjoy it. They lacked joy. And they couldn't enjoy all that they had accumulated. They, they couldn't enjoy it. And uh, I think it's Nehemiah chapter 8. What, you know what that verse says? The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord this is that biblical joy we've been talking about the whole time, is my strength. And we can understand this. Now, why does the devil fight against you from having true biblical joy? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And if he can steal your joy, he can steal your strength. That's just the truth of it. The joy of the Lord is my strength, and I must maintain it is a choice to maintain that. And, and we saw the strength of Paul and Silas in, in that prison and, and what God did and the joy of the Lord is your strength. And it's, it's amazing what can happen when you have that joy that he wants you to have. L listen to this passage. There's a powerful passage here. It's in Psalm 16, verse 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence. In your presence. That's what thy means. It means your presence, God. Is fullness of joy. In God's presence, when... You know, I, I'm in an abiding relationship, and, and your presence is what kind of? Fullness of joy. Fullness. Fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And see, we, we must maintain the closeness of his presence in order to maintain the fullness of biblical joy. Are you close to God? Are you abiding in him? Is his word abiding in you? And he says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. Joy that empowers us and strengthens us. And we ask the Lord to bless some vehicle here. If has emergency sounds to all on. Maybe there's somebody who's in some real trouble. And maybe it's somebody we know. And we ask that you'd help those who are responding, Lord, yes. to those who are in need. And we ask that you draw them all. Those in need and those who are responding, draw them all to the place of trust in you as their Lord and Savior. Yes. May your angels encamp around about them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Think about this. You know? Hmm. Our time is almost up. You think we should be done for today? Yep. I'm going to tell you something, though. The Bible is so jam-packed full of talking about the fullness of joy and what happens. We just touched the, the tip of the iceberg. What happens in our lives when you are accessing his joy? It, it changes things. It puts you really accessible to the miraculous. 
once you understand this and you apply these principles, consider his ways, consider his ways, what he has to say about this. Apply these things in our own life. That's what he's talking about for us to do. I'd like to go on, but we probably won't right now, okay? Yep. Okay. What I would like to do is to pray to reaffirm our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here today and you're already, uh, you know, maybe you're not here. Maybe you're online and you're watching us and you're open to the idea, but you've never really declared Christ as, as your Savior before. Some of you have and you're reaffirming that, but there's some who haven't and you could declare your faith in Christ today. So in whichever case that may be, I would ask you guys if you would just bow your heads with me and join me in a simple, about a minute long prayer to reaffirm our faith in Christ or, or to declare our faith in him, maybe for the very first time. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. That's why you sent your son Jesus. And he gave his life. And he gave his life. To wash my sins away. To wash my sins away. And then Jesus rose from the dead. And then Jesus rose from the dead. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus in. And I welcome Jesus. To every area of my life. Into every area of my life. As my Savior. As my Savior. In the name of your Son. In the name of your Son. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Papa God. Papa God. Fill me afresh with joy. Fill me afresh with joy. Help me to learn your ways. Help me to learn your ways. Help me to apply those to my life. Help me to apply those to my life. Teach me to pray successfully. Teach me to pray successfully. Teach me to be an extension of your hand. Teach me to be an extension of your hand. That would bring salvation to so many more. That would bring salvation to so many more. And your miraculous power. And your miraculous power. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen.